Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Audio Frontier. It's wrestling daft. It's the marks. Welcome to the show. Hailing from Larbert Winging. I honestly, I think I've not checked the scales in a week well but i reckon i must be tipping 186 187 pounds at the moment it's not good it's locked down i'm john how the hell are you uh, and with me a man bigger than his own here which is fucking massive um it's big alex if you're watching the, the video version of some patreon you will see the magnificence of alex's hair I think there's only one word, and that's Ortiz, really, isn't it? it, it, it it's is a Ortiz. little bit Ortiz. Ortiz, yes. You, you are, you're going to get to the spot you're going to be in a hair metal band. It is going to be... It's I'm getting... totally down for that. So if anyone needs a completely non-musical person who looks like they could be in a hair metal band for a hair metal, metal band, let me know. Yeah, there we go. And uh, let's welcome to the, the busiest man in wrestling, I would say. Certainly in Scotland, in terms of wrestling this week. He has had a hell of a busy week. He's been all over... News here, news there, interviewing mega stars. It's Gary Casty from Inside the Ropes. How you doing, fella? I not too bad. I think you've overstated that ever so slightly, but I'll take it anyway. Right, absolutely right. And What's Alex that? has just turned green with envy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or just green. Like even you and Meltzer were having banter this week. So we're all yeah, like, oh, let's, go, very let's go through Gary's wrestling week. Now, take us back, Gary, to, to last week. You teased on this show that you had a big interview. That big interview has happened. Can we reveal to the audience who you interviewed this week? Yes. So uh, last week I said I did have a big interview. But I've been burnt with this kind of thing before where, you know, you mention it and then it doesn't happen for whatever reason and it's just the way it goes. So I was like, ah, I'll keep playing my cards close to my chest. Uh, but on Thursday, I had the pleasure of speaking to Sean Michaels. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of those ones that, you know, bucket list for me because I loved Sean Michaels when I was younger. It's the kind of thing where, you know, it's, it's that different because you're like, well, you know, he doesn't like look the way that he used to look and now there is the, like that clear separation for me is he looks like Shawn Michaels the guy that's helping the NXT talent rather than Shawn Michaels that I remember but as soon as you start talking to him it's like oh this is absolutely brilliant so I had a good chat with him about um, bit of everything uh, I, I kind of sneaked in some some fun stuff about his career um, had the bravery to ask him about Bret Hart uh, but no quite about the Montreal screw job that happened 30 years ago the day uh, if you ask John on any given day uh, <laughs> but no I get good fun ask him about his hair out of interest because I've always never looked at Sean the same way since he went bald well at, beforehand I was like I wonder what he's going to be doing hair wise because obviously as we see for Alex's webcam, people grow their hair in, in uh, lockdown. Sean Michaels, I was like, he's got to be wearing an NXT cap. 
it wasn't it was well not beanie but it was well not beanie and glasses which was even weirder but you know obviously sean michaels can do what he wants that's yeah. uh, <laughs> not going to criticize him <laughs> and what what chat did we get can you just touch i know this uh, for, for everyone anyone listening uh gary's putting this together all for the bbc and stuff so it's going to be really really cool you also get the full uh scoop on inside the ropes and we'll get a wee dribble on this show i'm sure as well and um, what sort of stuff did you touch on with them gary Aye, so um, so the main thing for BBC, I'm not going to be letting any major cat out the bag there. I think a lot of people, if they've seen anything I've done, which was obviously no much, but if they've seen anything I've done with BBC before, it's kind of spotlighting the growth of Scottish wrestling. How, you know, growing up, we were, you know, looking at Rowdy Roddy Piper for Canada <laughs> as our inspiration. Uh, and now, obviously, you've got Drew McIntyre at the very top of the mountain and a load of other folk doing good stuff. So it was essentially just before WrestleMania gone, well, who better to talk to about the growth of Scottish wrestling than Mr. WrestleMania? Um, talk to him about, you know, Drew's journey, talk to him about the the kind of Scottish talent he's overseeing, both in America with Nicky Cross and, and also um, in the UK with the likes of Gallus and, and stuff like that. So we chat to him about that, about his memories of Scotland and stuff. But then obviously I, I wanted to ask him, you know, if I'm going to ask him only about Scotland, the people that are going to care about that are only Scottish people. Um, so I went into a wee bit more about um, my favourite match of all time is the Shawn Michaels Undertaker, WrestleMania 25. So I asked him about that, asked him about the following year. Main question that I wanted to ask him about that, I was like, no sure if I'm going to ask or no, was obviously at WrestleMania 26, we had Bret Hart versus Vince McMahon. And I was like, if Shawn Michaels wasn't going to retire that year, might we have had a different match that year. Might have Shawn Michaels have been in that match? It kind of, it kind of rebuffed that and said no. Uh, but, it still, uh, but it was still, I had to ask. Um, but I was a load of stuff. I asked him about all that. I asked him about the um, "I'm sorry, I love you" moment and, and all that kind of thing. And the nice wee snippet was that you know, obviously, I love asking about the old school stuff. But he went on a nice big rant about how brilliant he thinks Kaylee Ray is, and if she ever decides to go to America, I think she's going to be like very top of the mountain. So it was like a lot of wee snippets like that that I really enjoyed hearing. But either way, even if he said absolutely hee haw, I'd just come away with it gone. Got to speak to Sean Michaels. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So can't wait to hear that on the show. Uh, Gary, you, Alex, kind of alluded to it there as well. You've been powering up with Meltzer as well this week. I um had a, wee, had, a, had a wee conversation with him, that's all I'll say. Um, but essentially I found out something that he ended up reporting on. Um and it was just kinda a a, a thing that I couldn't report on. Um didn't want to for a start and wouldn't really know where to start getting verification on it. You like to pull the curtain back if you're a journalist, you don't report on stuff for one source. If you do that, obviously one person, no matter how involved they are, can have something wrong. So you always try and double verify it. Something I couldn't really do much on. Um, but yes, I'm sure we'll talk about a certain um, forbidden door in the news a bit later between uh, New Japan, Impact, AEW, and some was, things that... JR called it this week. He called it an incestuous relationship. Oh my God. No, I don't know what I think of it. Thank you very much, Jim. Bye. So, um, so we conversation about him. I'll not disclose the details of the conversation, but um, bizarrely, message Dave Meltzer. <laughs> Bye. I know it was. A, I wish we could tell. I wish we could say to the audience what the story was, but we won't get into that. Right, Dave, you're my favourite journalist of all time. Don't tell Sean Ross Sapper said that. <laughs> or Alex McCarthy. Aye. Um, <laughs> um, 
Alex, I have to, you know, as NXT Mark on this show, I haven't seen TakeOver. Gary was tweeting saying, I can't wait for TakeOver tonight, and he fell asleep. Alex, you're the only one that saw this week's TakeOver. How was it? It was normal TakeOver standard. I have to say that I'm very glad that I forced myself to watch it last night now, or else this would have been a very embarrassing situation for all three of us. Yeah. And like, so we started off with the Dusty Cup female match, which was terrific. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez won that pretty pretty convincingly. And I like the way they kind of mirrored in the female side. They had the two more thrown together teams, even though Dakota and Gonzalez aren't really thrown together. And then on the men's side, they had more established teams. So that was that was really good. Uh, Gargano versus Kushida was terrific. Uh, Kushida looked class. So I'm surprised Gargano retained through that, obviously. And then I'm, I had I'm the match. I mean, obviously, I've, I've not even seen the results, but Kushida, I thought, would be going over unless he looked. He looked terrific, man. He looked so good. Like so some of the submission wrestling he did, like it was like an arm bar takedown off the top rope that just looked amazing. And Vic Joseph at one point, I think. They were doing some like on the mat stuff, you know, when they get really flippy and they're just kind of flopping all over each other. And at that point, Vic Joseph called it a tactical chess match, which just made me giggle like nobody's business. Um, and then we had the Dusty Cup, like uh, the men's side of it, which was essentially John versus Gary in a match. Because <laughs> John's been going on about the Grizzled Young Veterans, although commentary were calling them the GYZ. Because then, so and it was just like MSK versus GYZ. Have we gone too far with just alliteration? GYZ as opposed to the GYV. Uh, GY, yeah, V, GYV. Sorry, letters. Um, so like I, I couldn't, I couldn't pick who I wanted to root for, root for, because you know you had Gary on the side of the the rascals and you on the side of the veterans. So. Um, and the I wouldn't Rascals. have minded because uh, obviously I find a Liverpool fan as the old Zach Gibson, so would have been fine with them winning, but uh, aye. I, I do I, find I, it quite funny that in NXT he still announces Liverpool's number one. And <laughs> I can imagine all the youngs <laughs> are like, what the fuck <laughs> is this guy about? <laughs> uh, no, but the, the WSK looked terrific. Like they've, they've put them over really, really hard with a big win. And yeah, I mean, it's it's good for, I mean, the vet, I don't think the veterans needed the win, considering that's two years in a row they made it to the final. I think they're quite established. So I could see them having a run at the main titles as well. Um, then we had the women's three-way. So that was uh, Shirai versus, what's her name again? Uh, Mercedes Martinez, Mercedes and, Tony Martinez Storm. Yes, and Tony Storm. That was that was terrific. And again, you retained, and I was genuinely very surprised. It was I'm a lot of like that, yeah. I'm surprised at that as well. I thought it was it's time for a, a kind of title shift. Well, they booked the, book the maybe match. It's Gonzalez, maybe it's Gonzalez they're looking to put it on there. And it was mainly the fact that because my thing was I'm like, right, one title's definitely gonna change it to the main two because it's been a wee while now. Uh you know, just that kind of timing thing. And then when when that didn't happen, I was like, well, surely Pete Dunn. <laughs> uh, obviously. That was, yeah, like, the, the way no titles had changed, that made me think going into the main event that Pete Dunn legitimately had a chance. But yeah. it was interesting how they booked the women's match that it was very much kind of, a lot of it was Storm on Martinez with just Sarai just kind of popping in for the big move. And that's exactly how the finish went as well. So I think they'll probably give maybe one of them, maybe Martinez a one-on-one, which they'll do the title change at then. And then we had the main event that was essentially just another Finn Balor brutal classic, really, wasn't it? It was it was England versus Ireland. This is coming from a Scotsman a week after winning the Calcutta <laughs> Cup, so I can't help but bring back in uh, domestic sport into this current situation. But yeah, it was, was class, straight start from finish. Um, 
It was it was kind of like the, the Finn Balor Kyle O'Reilly match, but slightly less hard hit, hitting. But it kept all of them got their big notes. They both looked terrific. And to end, John, your your little heart's going to break as they began the end of the undisputed era. Ah. So at the end of the match, um, obviously, Danny and um, Oni come down to kick the shit out of um, out of Finbar after his nice wee title win. And UE, well, UE, so we've got um, Cole, Strong, and and O'Reilly, because I'm assuming Fish is still out, isn't he? So they come down, yes. they kind of fend off uh, the, the heels, pick up Balor, Balor and kind of O'Reilly do like a wee handshake, they do the UE pose, Balor does his gun pose, and Cole just super kicks him in the face. And so the show kind of ends with Cole walking off, Riley down, Balor down, and Roddy just standing in the ring, not knowing what the hell to do. So it was a nice wee end. Yeah, good. well, I, th- I think, you know, we've talked about it before on this show, they need to do, I mean, I, I'm gutted, they, you know, they, they're spot uh, up the Undisputed Era because I thought they could have had a main roster run and, and done something on the main roster. But, you know, if they are going to be I, I stuck... I, I, would you not he, rather give Kyle his singles run? I think he's just yeah. proved that he deserves it, really, doesn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if they are going to remain in NXT, like you say, they, they need to do something with them. So, I kind of undisputed era, Civil War, you know, where it's maybe Bobby and Kyle on one side and um, Roddy and Adam on the other side. That That's good television. It's going to have people tuning in. So, and yeah. I think there'll be more interest in the breakup of the UE on NXT where they, you know, they call home than it would be to bring them up in the main roster and do it like a year later. It just wouldn't have the same effect, would it? Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Oh, well, but oh, that means we're not going to have the music anymore. Probably. Oh, well, one of them will use. Ah, surely one of them will use. Surely. And the other thing I want to put over is as much as I know where everyone complains that takeovers are no longer Saturday, which I think is a horrific, terrible decision from WWE. But at least now they're kind of making them the standalone events. I like that they're now theming them after holidays. So, of course, this one was Vengeance Day after Valentine's Day. We had the Halloween Havoc special. So I'd be okay if NXT just takes like holidays as their pay-per-view names and does it on those big weekends. I think it'd be what's quite it, cool. What's the next one? I'll be the Great American Bash then if they're doing it around July the 4th. Yeah, something like that. Or they might even throw... I'll not be, yeah, it'll be April. It'll be April. It'll be around it'll be, I, probably a week before WrestleMania, I would assume. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that one, they maybe not even need to seasonalize it because it is the Mesh WrestleMania one. Yeah. But yeah, still. Yeah. Cool, it sounds like a good bit. I'm actually going, we're going to go and watch that um, because everyone's been talking that up. Every match is worth a watch. It's a, it's a classic takeover. You know, you think, oh, I might skip through some of this. And before you know it, you're two and a half hours later and the show's over, you know. So, yeah. yeah. Good, I'm going to go sit down with a beer and watch that tonight then. Uh, so yeah, we have got, uh, we'll be talking more about um, sort of the build-up to take over when we get to the burying and putting over of the shows a bit later on as we go through all the major shows. Um, we've got the Bushwhackers on the show. Gary caught up with them a couple of weeks ago. Um, how were they, Gary? Well, I, if anybody's watching the video version, they would have just seen the top of my head for the past five minutes as I tried to rifle through it to find the video and send you, as, uh, as is how prepared we are on this podcast. Yeah. But no, uh, absolutely brilliant. You, you know, I, th- I think I might have, might have mentioned this before, but for me, the Bushwhackers, you know, we're not going to be under any illusions. They're not like the greatest tag team that's ever existed, you know, in terms of in-ring stuff. But for me, when I think back, the Bushwhackers are one of the... the few memories I've got as a kid where I'm like you know picking up the the wee Hasbro figures it was always the Bushwhackers remember that iconic march to the ring so for me getting to talk to them I was just like this is brilliant and they were you know I think they're 
I don't want to, I don't want to age them too much here, but I'm sure they're 72 and 76 or 74 and 78 or something. They're quite. They've got one more run in them. They've got one more. So John, what what vintage are they? I mean, they, <laughs> they they are uh, they do have one more run in them because that's why I interviewed them. <laughs> they're, they're coming back. One only one of them's going to be in the ring because if anybody's seen the Hall of Fame speech, one of them was struggling to walk um, but they were just still follow, follow the band or they were absolutely brilliant uh, and I for me it was just the kind of thing where I was like I don't even know where to start I'm going to be hardly scratching the surface because I had to just ask them about you know the march had to ask them about becoming the bushwhackers rather than being the sheep herders. Had to ask them about um, being the Dudleys from down under and ECW and, and all that kind of thing. So barely scratched the surface, but it was a brilliant interview. And, and for me, you know, anybody, even if you're only hearing the audio one, I've got a bad habit of not turning my microphone off. So you're just going to hear me laughing the full time because they were just popping me for like 20 minutes. Brilliant. I think that adds to it sometimes because surely that's how John got famous in the first place was his laugh in the back of wrestling. Yeah, so. <laughs> well, there you are. Went, went from being silent to being uh, the third man of the show. There, there you are. Um, well, listen, uh, we'll get into the Bushwhackers a bit later on. We'll be back on Fancy Booking Island where we're asked to book... Yokozuna in Attitude Era. Uh, we'll find out how that goes. Um, but first, ladies and gentlemen, let's cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Right, hand me the mic. Now, usually I get mad at something, but I'm going to have to get mad at myself and just generally a concept this week. Um, drunken purchases. Now, oh man. <laughs> oh man. Exactly. There should be some sort of setting on your mobile phone. So I guess there's a promo to be cut at the mobile phone companies, the the Wi-Fi companies. There should be some sort of breathalyzer setting on your laptop, on your phone, on your iPad. So whenever you've got steaming, it automatically goes. No, you're not allowed to buy that. You're being stupid. You're an idiot. Don't buy that. So I guess the promo is kind of aimed at these companies that make laptops and iPhones and general mobile devices uh, because drunken purchases are the worst. Gary, you sort of acknowledge that there at the start. What is your most recent drunken purchases? I will not tell you the most recent one because the most recent ones have just been more alcohol, uh, like the the special like banana flavored rum uh, that I absolutely love and, the, and those seltzers. But at the start of uh, at the start of lockdown or lockdown one, playing some Mario Kart with um, with some pals online as we always do, just uh, you know zoom zoom chat up um, and then get on the Mario Kart and the Switch. And then I was just like, I don't already like so one. Part of the drunken purchase was Mario Kart because I don't have a Nintendo Switch. My fiance has one, so uh, I bought that. And well, let's play the new one rather than the the SNES one. And then uh, I had this thing where, so I don't know if this happens with anybody else's freezer, but the drawers, the cheap shite plastic drawers, always crack when you pull yeah. the handle. Yeah. Ah, uh, and uh, like one of them has been taped up for you know two years now since we bought a new freezer essentially. Uh, so I was like, I'm gonna fucking buy this freezer drawer. Spent about, I think it was 30 quid on a, a plastic, not even the drawer, just the plastic front of the drawer. Spent 30 quid on it. Came through. Yes, let's uh, let's get this sorted. Get our freezer back to normal. Rang size by a long shot. <laughs> like, it was essentially like I'd bought like a toy freezer drawer. Um, had to go lugging it all the way to the post office. I don't uh, have a car. I don't drive. So lugging it down to the post office. Um, about 20 minutes walk for me big freezer drawer in a box to send it back and get my money back 
which wouldn't have happened if I wasn't uh, drunk because I would have been like 30 quid for a freezer draw. Now, just use sellotape. Well, don't uh, buy freezer doors when drunk. That is the evidence. And I'll tell you what else not to buy when you're also drunk is cryptocurrency. Because I got. Oh, John, have you, did you get into some yes, stocks? Did yes. you? Oh, Cameron Grimes. I got drunk and had a Cameron Grimes <laughs> on Sunday afternoon. After, you know, speaking to my mates, and my mate was like, something called Iota. Now, Alex, you, I'll look at you and you look like the man that knows about shit like this. No. Yeah, well, generally, the rule of thumb with investing, right, is right. if your friends are telling you about something, mm-hmm. you're already too That's fucking too late. late. Nah. <laughs> yeah. right. so I've, recently, I've recently heard a very interesting one, right? So some guy has suggested, figured out that Elon Musk is either an accidental or a he's an accidental market manipulator. And every time he tweets about something, the stock price goes up. So he's written a bot that basically every time Elon tweets something, it invests in whatever he's just tweeted about <laughs> and then <laughs> withdraws the money like half an hour to 45 minutes later. And he's made like a, like a nice, he's not made a lot of money, but he's made a nice little profit on the side. Oh, there you go. Well, I've just spent £200 in IOTA, which is a cryptocurrency. So I guess the promo uh, what we're cutting here is drunken shopping. Don't do it, people. Don't do it. So let's bring you the latest goings on from the world of wrestling as we look back at the shows from across the week. As ever, eh, Alex looks after AEW, I look after NXT. Not very well this week though, John. Oh, has it been an our drunken Alex? No, no, I mean you don't look after NXT very well this week. No, 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 I haven't, I haven't been looking <laughs> over uh, NXT very well this week. I have uh, been very negligent in my wrestling duties this week. Um, Gary looks after Raw. And Bronze Cello, uh, our guest Mark, he's been the champion of Wrestling After March for some time now. Still no challenger stepping up here, Bronze. I think um, we're all just chicken. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. You know, you could be a guest Mark Challenge Bronze if you want to come on the show. But he does SmackDown for us as our SmackDown champion. Um, let's kick off, however, with... The crazy world of AEW and its incestuous relationships with every other wrestling company in the world. Well, I mean, we learned some very important things this week. Like we learned that Adam Page is perhaps a very sly drunk, as it looks like he's outswindled Matt Hardy, I think, maybe. Or maybe I'm just looking into it too much. We've also learned that Kenny Omega is a very keen golfist, so respect to Kenny Omega. And his, his golf didn't look half bad either. But... Um, a golfist? Is that what you call a goal? A, a no, I just golfist? like putting ist on the end of things. I don't know right, why. Okay, okay. Just... I think a keen golfer would be more probably a golfist. I quite like that though, Alex. And like, uh, they had the classic, you know, just like wrestling, uh, announced person just shows up casually on the golf course. So I'm oh, Martinez. Is it, Alex Martinez is everywhere. Marvez, yeah, Marvez. like the Mar- wild Marvez out of nowhere. Marvez. I'm glad that they've just taken that and run with it. It he is quite hilarious. I love it. Love that chat. Uh, we're going to get on to put over number one. I think I have to put over Darby Allen because I've never seen a man perform a wrestling match and then immediately go into a body bag and be dragged through the car park by a speeding truck. So, I mean, hats off to the man. <laughs> I mean, it's not wrestling, but it was, it was, it was fucking interesting. And he's better at that than he is at smashing windows with a skateboard. So, um, 10 points to Darby. Now, I'm going to have to bury a man for something that he didn't actually do on the show, but for something he did during the week. So I'm going to do that because I'm struggling for berries. So I'm going to bury Sammy Guevara 
Now, originally, I was going to actually pull over Sammy Guevara for oh, not putting up with MJF. I'm going to sit here and groan the full time you bury Sammy Guevara. But do you know why he's going to get buried? <laughs> he's going to get buried for turning down that creative decision to have him turn up on Impact on Tuesday night and to not partake in the incestuous relationship. So, yep. I mean, so, so a good, uh, good segue, as you will both know, because I mentioned that I thought that he was there. Um, I got told that Sammy Guevara is at Impact this week, and it turns out that I'd been told that from the the call sheet that was given to, was given to people, uh, well, certain people. Anyway. Like, yeah, so so he was there it. in spirit. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like um, no matter what, I can't uh, see Sammy Guevara buried because. He peed on MJF's Inside the Ropes Award on his vlog this week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, and, and allowed me to write a story which he then shared and which me just getting to be a massive mark and see a wrestler share one of my articles is always good. So I, I feel like no matter what he does, can he see him buried? <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see, to be honest, the more, the more stuff that came out about it was like saying that he it was creative ideas that he maybe should have buried and that there was no heat on him really. And yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just a weak mark looking for a weak burial, man. That's all it was. Sorry. I'm now, annoyed I, because I interviewed uh, Ace Austin for Impact last week and he was like, oh, my AEW dream match is Sammy Guevara. And I was like, right, he knew about that. It's all one into place. This is what we're going to get. And then it turns out that was a load of horse shit and it's not actually anything that happened. So, ah, well. I'm sure there's plenty of time for more to happen. And judging by what has been or will be said in the news about Impact and all the rest of it, I'm sure there's plenty of time plenty for of time. crossovers. Plenty of time. So, now I'm gonna I'm gonna go for my second bury and I'm gonna just go back to the well for my normal buries. And I'm gonna once again bury Chris Jericho for his dirty little fingers in the tag team division he shouldn't be in, and then putting them over the fucking acclaimed who were just on so much fire. And I'm just so angry about this constant tarnishing of like the best tag team division in wrestling. It's just really, really stupid. But I mean we did get Santana and Ortiz versus Young Bucks and stuff for next week so that's that's something i guess we can we can let them off with but there was a bit frustrating um and my last put over the night is i'm going to go straight back to the incestuous relationship and i want to pull over the iwgp united states heavyweight championship mainly because i haven't actually seen it as its belt self in about a year and all we've been seeing is this stupid briefcase that ken has been carrying around for the last six months um, like I think they did a really good job of like actually talking up. The title feels more prestigious now that it's been fucked off for a year than it did at its last appearance at Wrestle Kingdom last year. And like the commentators mentioned, like every man in the ring's connection to it is that's the three holders and Kent is kind of a semi holder. The only other two that haven't actually had it are Juice and Jay White, who are. I feel like uh, after speaking about an incestuous relationship, talking about a semi-holder might not be the smartest word choice. <laughs> yeah, I know it's going to be a good week for a good week for innuendo. But I'm glad that the belt's finally shown up. Like, I'm legitimately surprised they haven't had the US Championship belt show up until now. But it's good. It was nice. And match of the night has to, of course, be the incestuous main event. And I will stop staying with terminology now as I went too far. I've went too far this time. Fucking JR getting in the way. Um, but the uh, spot of the match had to be Kenta's huge foot stomps because we can't call it a coup de grace because it wasn't Finn Balor off the stage onto a sort of table that somehow didn't break with Archer going through it. So, I mean, fucking applause to that table. That is one seriously, seriously strong table. And even a match so good, even Jake the Snake took a bump. 
and got saved by John Moxley from taking an even bigger bump. So, good show. Good, good show. show. Good show. Yeah. Um, let's move on to NXT. We've talked about uh, TakeOver already, which I've still not seen. Well, I haven't seen. I've seen I've still not seen it as if I went in like the last 10 minutes and went and watched <laughs> it. Um, yeah, so uh, there was a build-up to, to TakeOver. Obviously, we've still got Dusty Cup shenanigans going on in that. A lot of good bits. Again, um, return of Cameron Grimes, which is great. With the build-up to the North American Austin Theory taking on Kushida. Obviously, the, the semi-final matches for the Dusty Cup. And then we saw the return, and I've, I talked about last week, of the Shinja um, with ZLE um, wrestling again. And still no bore wrestling. And let's start off with a buddy, since I'm on that, is... I don't know why Boa hasn't wrestled yet. I want to see Boa. We've seen CLE. I want to see Boa do his thing. But is then it not he, for this exact reason, John. Listen to the anticipation in I, your own well, voice. There is, but then he, he was made to look weak. You know, they they, they basically had the, the master um, basically choke him. It was a weird kind of choke out thing that, that she did um, on him. And uh, Mei Ying. Um, and it was like it was weird, and I, I just don't know why they're weakening Boa there. I want to see Boa in the ring, but maybe like you say, Alex, it's kind of you know it's like toughening him up, and then he'll go fucking mental on someone. Um, <laughs> I want to see that explosion of Boa. I want Boa. So that's my first buddy. Can you start that hashtag? I want Boa. I, I want think <laughs> he definitely needs to have a finisher that's like a Cobra Clutch and call it the Boa Constrictor. Yeah. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I'm on 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 top of that. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll start with the buddy of Boa. Um, let's move on to a major put over for me. Uh, did anyone see that? Like, it's going to be my match tonight, so um, it was a toss up between this match and the, the main event. But a main event, I basically went for the main event most weeks. So I'm going to go for MSK versus Legado del Fantasma as my match tonight. Did anyone see the spot where he did a moonsault? And then got pushed up, pushed mid-air. And got- That's I. They've been doing that for years. It's amazing. It's like every time I see it, I'm still like, this is the I best wrestling move I've ever seen. You know more, more okay with the rascals than me. But I was like, what the fuck was that? That was amazing. They they have an even better one that I'm going to send you afterwards because I can't even remember what it was. But when I seen it, I was just like, these guys are like the best in ring tag team I've ever seen in my life. Uh, but that was like one of them was the the kind of the flip and the push. They've done that a few times in Impact, and I'm just like, oh man, they're so good. Yeah, if, <laughs> I love them. If, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out. It basically um, it's incredible. I've I've never seen a move like it in wrestling. It's just really really smart. Um, but yeah, uh, again, I'm not, I've not got many much to 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 uh, buddy I, I, I've got to put over Gargano's dickhead heat which I love him the fact that he mentioned he was a keen power walker in one of his promos immediately you just go what a fucking dick <laughs> who I mean that that's ultimate heat power walking is the ultimate heat if you want to get heat in wrestling just say you're a power walker because I mean it just looks stupid am I, am I the only one that brings up like lots of visions of Brian Cranston wearing that ridiculous gear from um, Malcolm and in Malcolm the Middle yeah, yeah the power walking <laughs> Yeah, 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 and I, I'm I'm on him again. I love him. 
he's just so good. Cameron Grimes hitting it, hitting it big, coming back in with his uh, after doing well in the stock exchange, turn up in the Lamborghini. Amazing chat, amazing. He, there was an amazing promo, uh, just like a video package of just two minutes of just Cameron Grimes and money on, on Sunday. So, yeah, you'll yeah. be very excited to see that. <laughs> yeah, all over that. Um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't the best promo I've ever seen him deliver, but but just Grimes, just the, the, being a fanny. So, um, yeah, uh, I'm, I was an okay go home for takeover. I just think again, and I guess it's a kind of a buddy is that the, I think tournament people get too tied up in the tournaments, and I, I'm never a massive fan of tournaments. I said that last week as well. So, yeah. It's it's all looking good, and after the, what we heard about Takeover, um, I, I'm surprised they haven't switched any of the titles to give a wee bit of freshness um, and clear the decks a wee bit. But we'll wait and see how it goes over the next couple of weeks. But yeah, it seems like they're stalling on something for some reason, with, with especially with the main title. Much as I really like Finish the Champion, it just feels like they've been just trying to drag I'm, stuff I'm out. Carrying Cross is going to take the. Uh, it's going to be Carrying Cross versus Bauer at the uh, take the next takeover. I'm presuming that's. What's... Yeah, because it just feels like they've been lazy with it because they got lucky with he got injured before <clears throat> the pre-war games takeover, and then this one they've been like, yeah, let's just let's just throw Pete Dunn and that that's fine, that that's all right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, it, uh, don't get me wrong. It was great. I thoroughly enjoyed the match, but it just feels like it was. Yeah, not part of the bigger thing. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, I, I mean, I'd said I'd, I'd booked MSK um, and Legado del Fantasma as my match of the night, but a big shout out to the the basically what we what I wanted to see was those four guys, uh, Thatcher and Champa and Grizzled John Venters, beat the shit out of each other. That was excellent work. So, yep, decent decent night on NXT. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Let's move on to SmackDown and Mister Bronze Chill. So I'm going to break the rules this week. I'm starting oh. with the boys first. So there was a great segment between Sasha and Bianca and then Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax came out. Baszler wants to know why no one's talking about them having the tag titles. Sasha and Bianca show the my whole clip and then it happened again. It was very forced and very not funny. So there was no need for it. So it's, I mean, it's yeah, not like WWE if get something that organically goes like viral and then just beat the death out of it and, and yeah. make it the, the most boring thing ever. <laughs> Never happened before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and my second buddy is Seth Rollins' suit. Is it leather? <laughs> is it rubber? Is it a bin bag? Who knows? Very, very shiny. I, I, I'm so 50-50 on it. When I seen it, I was like, oh, that looks like the, the most sweaty bit of attire you could <laughs> ever wear. And then I'm like, Actually, I kind of like it. I feel like I could wear that to Cat House. And... Harry, I'll, I'll tell you right now, you would not get away with a leather suit. I'll tell you that in <laughs> your face right now. John, you've obviously never been to Cat House on a Friday night, mate. <laughs> I think you could easily get away with it. It I wasn't the leather suit, it was the leather shirt and leather tie added to it that was like the, yeah. <laughs> the main part. How, how do we feel about the fact he's patched his music and he's just went back to his old music? That's fine. Love yeah, because I mean, it's, it's, it just feels like he does like, I'm so bored of this new, like, kind of bland music of mine. Let's go back to my slightly less bland older music. It's like Nakamura, it's, it's the only way you can tell if he's face or heel. Is, is, is Seth switching face again, though? Ah, yeah, thank you. Well, they got, is the Bernard Brown still in the music? Because I missed that. Was it still there? Or did they I remove think, it? No, I think it's still there. But I think, um, 
I think they've they're trying to do this weird grey area thing with him where he is like a face because we all know that he's just became a dad and <laughs> his partner's Becky Lynch and they can't really have him come out and just be a dick. Um, but obviously they need to still make it a thing where he's the, the uh, what is it? He's got a new name and I can't remember what it is. Instead of the Monday Night Messiah, he is the Sm- Smackdown Saviour. Aye. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't even Sorry. know that. I didn't even know that. <laughs> I should be fucking creative. Um, it obviously was going to alliterate. Um, but um, he's, the thing is with Rollins, he's, I, I think he's shite as a face. Like I think he does his best work as a, as a heel, dirty heel. Yep. But... You just miss his laugh. That's all it is. You just <laughs> want his laugh back in your life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, not not for that, not for that. Sorry, sorry, Bronze, we've taken a little aside there. Oh, it's all right, not to worry. Um, so my three, well, my two putovers in March of the night all tied together, so that's why I got the buddies out of the way first. Um, so SmackDown started with Roman. He says Edge is nervous and he's going to beat him so bad he's going to put him on a Legends contract. Heyman tells Adam Pierce that Roman's contract states that he has to defend it at the Chamber event, not actually in the Chamber himself. So Roman says, what's Pierce going to do about that? Fire him that close to Mania. How was last year's Mania without him? The lowest attended in history. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's on the money. <laughs> so Adam Pierce um, announce, starts announcing the participants for the Chamber. He puts in Jey Uso and Owens. And Sonia Deville has set up tag team matches to make up the remaining spots. So the first match um, I want to put over as well is Ray and Dominic versus Sammy and Baron Corbin. A good match. Unfortunately, there was a bit of a scary moment at the very beginning where Dominic dived and he almost knocked himself out on the announce table. Um, Just, you know, even before the match started. Um, But other than that, it was a really good match. Sammy and Corbin qualified for the Chamber. And my match of the night and other technically put over is the Dirty Dogs versus Cesaro and Brian. Another amazing match uh, between all four of them. They all got their shit in and Cesaro won with the giant swing and the sharpshooter. So I'm thinking that's going to be his new finisher from now. Bronze, are you suggesting that a tag team match was the best match on a WWE show? Mm-hmm. What? That's crazy. Between like two of the only no, they've got four tag teams. So that's two of the four. Excellent. Yeah, thanks. Crazy talk. Crazy talk. Um, let's move on to Raw. Um, we've had two average Raws in a row. Are we going to get three average, or is it going to go up? Is it going to go down? What's happening, Gary? No, last night was okay. Thoroughly hey. enjoyable watch. Um, not a chore. Not. Mind blown. I think I've said this for three weeks in a row now. It wasn't like the most mind blown, amazing raw ever, but I didn't feel like I'd wasted my time staying up for it. Um, weirdly, I'm also kind of starting with the biddies, but it's only because my two biddies are also like half put overs, and then I've got one put over, and then match of the night. Uh, so my first biddy slash put over <laughs> is Lacey Evans being pregnant because. You know, for us to put over the fact that she's pregnant. Well, she actually is legitimately pregnant. All right, okay, okay. Um, not, please don't tell me they're trying to say that Flair fathers his father and the children. They're not. Tr- please don't tell yeah. me. Oh so, my fucking so, god! So that's the biddy. <laughs> so the biddy is that um, they had the match start, and it was uh, Lacey Evans and Peyton Royce versus Charlotte and Asuka, which you know kind of makes sense because they're going for the full. Uh, Lacey Evans being in a rivalry with Charlotte, but she's facing Asuka, not anymore, facing Asuka Elimination Chamber. 
Peyton starts the match, starts getting beaten up. Charlotte tags in, uh, and then, you know, Peyton goes to tag in Lacey Evans. She jumps off the apron, grabs a microphone and does the, um, you kind of lay your hands on me because I'm pregnant. And it's like, don't tell us we're doing this again. Come on. Like we've, we've done this so many times that it's just, it's brilliant for me because I'm like, right, I can write it up and just be a wee bit smart about it and, you know, do that kind of baity thing where it's like Lacey Evans says she's pregnant on Raw uh, and people all click on it and, uh, you know, it goes mental. And then it turns out two minutes later, we find out that she actually is pregnant and it's um, PW Insider say that it was uh, art imitating life, uh, which, you know... <laughs> Uh, fair it's, it's a good way to put it, but it's really a stretch when it comes to WWE. Uh, art is subjective, Alex. That's all I'll say on that one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but the, the fact that they... I don't know when they found it, and obviously they had her booked at Elimination Chamber. I don't hate it as much as I did. You know, I, congratulations to her, first of all, because obviously that's brilliant. Like, she's... Already, also, you know that she's got no problem integrating like family into wrestling because she done it with her daughter and the Sasha Banks angle before. Um, so obviously she didn't have a problem with with doing that and having the full Ric Flair thing. And I know they'll wind it up later, but it was just one of those half very half putovers where I'm like delighted for her, but <laughs> it's such a weird way to do it, such a WWE way to do it. So I, I'm, I'm still not sure how I feel about it. So it goes in very slash putover, um, and in the same vein as that. <laughs> <laughs> we had a, a very weird segment where um, backstage Mandy Rose is talking to Bad Bunny while wearing his merchandise and I, I knew exactly where it was going anyway as soon as I seen Bad Bunny backstage I'm like right we know exactly what's going to happen here they announced oh he's going to be on Saturday Night Live this week oh right perfect uh, perfect place to get a WWE plug in then isn't it uh, he gets uh, a wee conversation going with Mandy Rose, then uh, Damien Priest hops in, they did a wee bit of Spanish talking, which obviously I absolutely love because, you know, WWE have been looking for a Latin star for a long time, probably should have been Andrade or Angel Garza, but they missed the boat on the two of them, you know, Grand Metalik as well, Lince Dorado, they might have missed the boat on all of them, uh, but it looks like Damien <laughs> Priest is going to be just because we've got the catalyst of bad money, and I don't mind it, um, and I actually... While I am not the biggest fan of what they've done, I'm a fan of why they've done it. So, of course, Damien Priest and Bad Bunny are having a wee chat backstage and then stuff starts clattering. Oh, my God, what's happened? R-Truth and Akira Tozawa are uh, battling 24-7 title. Akira Tozawa wins the title and then runs into Damien Priest. Damien Priest hits him and allows Bad Bunny to get the pinfall because, obviously, Bad Bunny is going to be on Saturday Night Live as the 24-7 champion. I don't mind it because I respect it. I'm like, right, if you are a business person, then if somebody is going to go on Saturday Night Live, fucking give them the title. There's probably going to be a title change on Saturday Night Live, so why would you know that? If our truth bursts out, that, that, <laughs> that, that's, when, that's what should be happening with the 24-7 title. Do you know what I mean? We've talked about it before. That is what should be happening. These stupid matches and like what they were doing back in the day with Tozawa and our truth and around the cities and all that, that's what should be happening. And I don't understand why it's not. So if our truth turns up on Saturday Night Live, and pins Bad Bunny for the 24-7 title. Fair fucks. Honestly, I'd, honestly, even if they just get everybody that's a guest on Saturday Night Live to become champion, because it's mainstream news, the only thing is I wish they had a different title because I think the belt still looks horrendous and it's yeah. not a good representation of WWE. But at the same time, while like that segment, I knew it was all coming. I was sitting there like, oh, why? <laughs> and then obviously I thought, oh, why? And I was like, right, it's okay. I don't mind it. 
Um, but I so I didn't mind that. That weirdly, the other put over. I feel like the put overs and all add in about like two minutes of the show at the very most out of a three hour show. Um, but my other put over is that. Uh, and again, it was something we knew was going to happen, but it was the, the Alexa Bliss, Randy Orton segment, which again, I know a lot of people don't really like, but they had Randy Orton in the gauntlet match and um, again, lights go out and then you have Alexa Bliss's face on all the screens after she cut a really good promo as well and a vignette, uh, which I, I absolutely loved. I think it's the kind of thing I know a lot of people are moaning about it, but I'm like, if you could see this in any promotion as in the WWE, it would be terrible absolutely terrible but the production values make it good uh, so they had her face on every screen her laughing Randy Orton got counted out I need to go back and watch it because I think he got counted out after five I don't think the referee got a 10 count but I need to go back and see that because I might be wrong I was uh, paying attention to other things at that point because it was raw and it was half two in the morning half three in the morning <laughs> uh, but that I actually quite liked it um, and I, I quite like that angle. I think when we get to Elimination Chamber again, it's really predictable where it's gone because we've not seen The Fiend for a while and obviously The Fiend and Randy Orton at WrestleMania looks like the way we're going. So I think it's predictable, but I don't really mind it. Uh, and match of the night, I feel like I've been essentially put into a corner because I don't think I can say that a match that lasted an hour is not the match of the night so uh, the gauntlet match <laughs> to cheat and just uh, say the, the one match that had you know the six main eventers uh, Elimination Chamber in it uh, the gauntlet match was definitely match of the night for me and uh, you know they done it the right way as well It's the, it was the kind of match that beforehand I was like I'm not exactly sure how they're going to book this and make everybody look okay uh, but they done it. Um, so Miz essentially pulled out of the Elimination Chamber match. He got replaced by the winner of a match between he, his suggestion of John Morrison and um, Kofi Kingston because former WWE champion. So they they done that match. Kofi won. Kofi is in the match for now until Ali takes him out of the match. Um, but Kofi is in the match. They had the gauntlet match. Essentially, you know, first couple of encounters, a bit of back and forth, and Andrew McIntyre came in, ran through everybody, and they had uh, a lot of good work with uh, AJ Styles doing the calf crusher on Drew McIntyre, like wearing down specific body parts, quite good like psychology in terms of making him not look weak by looking weak at the end. Uh, and then they had Seamus pin Drew McIntyre after everybody else had worn him down and they'd ran through everybody else. So they'd done it well. They made Seamus look, you know, strong, but still slimy heel. Had Drew look strong while taking a pin. Uh, and uh, it was just good. Uh, and I were a really, like the best hour of Raw. <laughs> and it was a match. So, <laughs> so think, I really you think you, you mentioned you think Ali will go into the chamber then? Aye, I think they've got to do it well. You know, Ali's been taking aim at Kofi Kingston for, I think it was the chamber that Kofi replaced Ali in due to injury. Yeah, that was like two years two ago. Two years ago, aye. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was uh, Kofi Mania, yeah, yeah. Aye, so long-term storytelling. There but, we go. I mean, yeah, I, but, but is, it, is it, yeah, no, it's good. Long, yeah, yeah, I'm going <laughs> to yeah, fair enough. But then, I mean, they've been building this as all former champions. So if Kofi's in there, it kind of makes sense, you know, because he's a former champion and the rest obviously are as well. I'd be interested. I, I mean, but you I, that's the beauty of making the taglines yourself is you don't actually have to stick to them. Well, and also, uh, they had a wee segment last night where Braun Strowman uh, kind of took umbrage with the fact that it was all, you know, former WWE champions and he wasn't there because he's a, a universal champion, former universal champion. 
So I'm not sure if they might do the thing where uh, Hiccup did a belter while I was mid-speech, so apologies for that. Um, but um, I'm not sure if they'll do the thing where Ali takes Kofi out of the match and Braun ends up in the match. My first thought was that they're going to give Braun Strowman a title match at Fastlane. I keep getting mixed up if it's Fastlane or Roadblock. I think it's Fastlane. Um, so I think they might give Braun Strowman the title match there in between, but I'm, I'm not sure on that. Either way, I, I think, you know, it'll be a good storytelling if they have Ali take Kingston out of the match, no, yeah, matter, that, yeah, what, yeah, what, no matter what happens. That is good yeah. storytelling anyway. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll be set for a minute. Two years. Well, or Fastlane, whatever, whatever's first. Uh, right, okay, so that's it for the uh, match of the night. Uh, thank you very much for that. Um, and remember, if you want to get your buddies and putovers in for Wrestling Daft, you can do that on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Insta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just plain old Wrestling Daft on the Facebook. Mr. Bronze Chill, thank you very much as ever. And remember, if you want to take on Braun for his title of SmackDown resident, Mark, you can do that. Best way to do that. We'll... We'll, we'll sort out a match. We'll sort out a match between you and someone else at some point. Um, but yeah, get on to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. Now, before I start this feature, I've got to say an apology for last week. We actually forgot to do the Wrestling News last week. Totally my fault, completely up my, my head, up my arse. Uh, but it's back with a vengeance this week. And Gary has the latest for us. And we're going to kick off with some new signings for WWE. Aye, so last week wasn't the news world day anyway. We don't need to bother yeah. about it. But it seems like uh, well, last we week... Well, we out of it. Yeah, it was just, you should have just <laughs> not, not happened. Uh, uh, but aye, so this week, a fair whack of new signings uh, coming in. I believe a lot of them that we've not even heard about yet, uh, and I don't have any info on that one, but it seems, I, th- I think it was Dave Meltzer said, the biggest women's class so far, and we've not heard many women. Uh, I've heard in. someone who's not in that women's class, though. Oh, yes, I think um, I think there is someone who might not be signing anywhere for the foreseeable future that we've mentioned before. <laughs> mm. We had um, a couple of wee instances during TakeOver. Uh, Eli Drake is coming in as L.A. Knight, I believe his name is. Uh, he done a wee interruption uh, during the pre-show, I want to say. Uh, cut a wee promo. I believe yeah, he was in... again in the main show as well. Oh, so they, did, they? they did highlight it in the main show too. So, Yep, so Eli Drake, I believe a guy that Grado has a, a storied history with. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah Grado <laughs> uh, um, messaged on the group chat for the Wrestling Daft. He messaged, brilliant signing. Uh, it's, you know, it's been a long time coming. So I, I think Grado's delighted for him because he's really pally with um, Eli Drake. So we'll no doubt get the gist on that on the main show this Friday. Yep, so Eli Drake obviously there. Uh, a couple other ones. One of them I was quite surprised about because I'd heard about this being a rumoured signing a few months ago and then the person since appeared on Impact, their girlfriend signed for the company and I was like, maybe they've just, you know, calmed down on it and it's Blake Christian. 
Um, I know that on on the main show, you guys have been talking about GCW. This guy w- was, you know, one of the mainstays of GCW the past few years. He done like a, a essentially the equivalent of a loser leaves town match and, and left them. And I was like, oh, well, there we go. WWE bound. Turned up an impact, done the Super X Cup, and then it turns out now that he's he's actually going to be in NXT. So he's one of them. Another guy called Christian Casanova that I'm not too familiar with. Um, I, I think American indie talent, but obviously the kind of thing that we're not too privy to seeing him here. And then the big one today uh, that I'm I'm really excited by, uh, we're good friend Alex McCarthy has broken the news that NXT UK has a new signing and Millie McKenzie. And she is only 20 years old. She's absolutely brilliant. She has been in the ring with Miko Satamura, which I think we might see happening again in NXT UK. Um, she is good friends with Pete Dunne. She's done like the full gimmick, uh, both of them teaming together while being, I think, defiant champions uh, and, and quite good friends with British Strong Style. But she's absolutely amazing, only 20 years old. And he had reported that they are already thinking of pushing her into the title picture, main event picture. Um, yeah, I think she is going to be amazing. So out of all of them, Weird that the one I'm most excited to see is the NXT UK talent. And the, the kind of interesting note in that as well is she was part of the full speaking out thing that happened last year. And the person that she had spoken out about was Travis Banks, a former NXT UK wrestler. And he has since been released for the company. And one of the other notes on that was that she would have signed a long time ago had that happened a lot sooner or had he not been part of the company. So I... Exciting stuff, you know, the, the last class we've seen MSK come in, uh, the Rascals, and they're obviously <laughs> doing brilliant things. So we'll see how uh, how quickly any of those names take off. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a real talent pool building up in NXT, but you just sometimes think, is there too much there, you know, uh, in terms of getting everyone TV time and getting them on, yep. on the show. Um, so hopefully start seeing these guys come through and again a movement on the main roster uh, to, for some of the talent just to make space um let's talk about the forbidden door um you've been on the case for this this week gary tell us about the forbidden door to new japan yep so i'd been told a few things last week that like we mentioned earlier i couldn't quite couldn't quite verify it didn't quite want to verify it <laughs> but both because it's the kind of thing that you're stuck in a weird position as a journalist. Like you don't really want to spoil surprises, but you also don't want to, you know, find out something and then somebody else reports on it. But thankfully, a lot of these things have came out since, so it's not a you know big a deal for me to mention. But I'd been told last week that at the um, at the Impact tapings, which you know they tape in, in bulk, essentially at the Impact tapings, where Sammy Guevara and Josh Robinson. Uh, Sammy Guevara, we've since found out, was not at the tapings, but was scheduled to be at the tapings and then pulled out of the tapings, which the details around why are thus far slightly unclear, uh, to say the least. <laughs> Something about creative. Uh, but just Robinson was there. Um, I'd been told his name just as a standalone at first. And then when I was told the next thing I went to, I was told that, oh no, wait, Finn just is there, which is David Finlay, uh, Finlay's son, I believe, that was in New Japan. I think he was in the Strong Tournament. He was, yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's, uh, yeah. He's been, him and him and uh, Juice actually won the the World Tag League and won the Tag Team Belts at uh, Wrestle Kingdom. So yeah. they, they dropped so, them quite quickly, but they're quite established now. 
Yep. So, I, like an actual tag team, uh, and and just Robinson, <laughs> you know, not just a thrown together or two guys, but like an actual tag team. Even though the name sounds pretty fucking thrown together, doesn't it? Yes, I would like to see them with Orange Cassidy. That's all I'll say. But um, <laughs> but uh, Finn just apparently um, were heading to Impact last week, and then that quickly got announced by Impact. <laughs> Literally, like two seconds after the pay per view ended, um, the pay per view, which we'll mention the name and no say anything else. The pay per view was called No Surrender, um, which I know we can't uh, go into too much on this podcast uh, for geographical reasons. But um, yep, so on the pay per view, No Surrender, they announced that uh, Finjuice are heading to Impact. So I'm not going to go into too much, but I have heard of plans for Finjuice, and let's just say the Forbidden Door will be swinging very wide open with what they're going to do in Impact. So, yep, that happened. And then the other thing that I was told that there is a bit of, you know, debate about Okada. Uh, if anyone follows Dave Meltzer's work, then they will have already heard that Okada is heading to America. So sure if they follow uh, Dave Meltzer's work, they're very, 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 very familiar with Okada as it's yes. his favourite wrestler. Yes, and, and they might also know why this is slightly dubious, but I'm to believe that it's true. Uh, Okada is heading to America and it's not set in stone that it is going to just be uh, AEW because Impact is apparently there, which... If anyone remembers, Okada done a little thing with Impact before. Didn't go too well. <laughs> um, oh, oh, we probably but, shouldn't mention the whole uh, Seth Rogen related booking that goes along with that one. Yeah, it went really badly. Um, and that's when I heard that name, I was like, oh, I'm not like, I know that Impact have rebuilt a lot of bridges because the management has been incredible the past few years, but not sure that is one they'll be able to rebuild. Uh, but it turns out that uh, you know there's a, a little thing going on there. Good chance that he's going to be an impact. Um, definitely a good chance he's going to be an AEW. Uh, but I heard that he's done a little a little thing that might involve Moxley, might involve Kenny Omega. Mm. Um, and the the one weird thing is that again I didn't really work to do it and wait. But the the one thing is apparently there was something that was filmed, and again. I think he's in Japan. <laughs> so filmed would be the way we are filming this podcast. Um, but there was something that was filmed for his entry to one of the products in America. So no idea what it was. That's about as far as I got told. It was all super secretive. And, you know, I'm, I'm not the massive, like I'm not the biggest New Japan guy in the world, but Okada being in America is big news so i uh, can't wait to see what they do with it but i looks like we'll be seeing the forbidden door uh <laughs> slamming open and shut and open again and shut again until we just see a big integration of talent which can't wait to see what they do with it yeah um no it's, it's really exciting it is really exciting stuff i mean it's going to get eyes on not just aw but you know like you say impact new japan everyone's a winner and wwe must be sitting across the way going shit well, I think was it Tony Khan did come out and say that the uh, integration with WWE is, is not completely off the cards, but it would be yes. very, very far-fetched. <laughs> that, that was said today, apparently. It's not impossible, but <laughs> about as close to impossible as you can anyway, It was basically Tony <laughs> saying that he'd consider it. But I believe the term yeah. Vince McMahon over my dead body would probably have been mentioned. <laughs> 
if someone went to WWE, if Tony went to Vince and said that, um, but yeah, no, it's exciting times ahead. Uh, Gary, thanks very much for that. You stay on the case, mate. You're all over it at the moment. Um, and if you if you know any good wrestling stories, drop them in to Gary because he, he loves them. Um, and, I, and I'll not report them. I'll just uh, send some dubious tweets about them, some uh, cryptic stuff, and and they'll actually report them. Yeah, <laughs> top journalist. Um, <laughs> thanks very much for the news, Gary. Cheers. Guys, you know what's not fair? The fact that Netflix hides thousands of shows from you based on your location. And then they basically, they've, they've hiked up the prices recently. For God's sake, absolute nightmare. Um, so, right, starting at the end of this month, they're raising the prices again, believe it or not. Uh, you could cancel your subscription to Netflix, but we're in lockdown, aren't we? So we need to rinse that. A lot of good stuff. You've been watching anything good on Netflix at the moment? Hotel Cecil. Absolutely, Hunnels. Uh, I watched Hotel Cecil, watched um, oh, The Family Next Door. Uh, that was really good. And may have watched the Taylor Swift documentary as well. Go and watch, go and watch um, Alice in Borderland. It's it's terrific. And I've been getting... I've got that in my list. Yeah, it's, it's, it's excellent. It's very, very good. And go and watch... For Rick and ready for Formula Creek. One Drive to Survive Season 3. In the right, team. okay. And if you're wanting just mindless stuff, Shit's Creek is absolutely incredible. Watch that. It's really I've not even started that yet. Oh, Shit's Creek. There's so much on your list. But anyway, yeah, the, I mean, it's good, but they're putting up the prices are, are well. But we can open the doors right now to hundreds and thousands of more shows. Are you, are um, you suggesting you could open a forbidden door, John? We could open a forbidden door to other Netflixes across the world, much like AEW has done, and make sure you get your full money's worth. And do you know how you do that, gents? You use ExpressVPN. Um, so basically, ExpressVPN is going to let you see Netflix in every other country if you use it. Um, so it makes it basically makes if you've not heard of VPN, it makes your computer seem like it's in that country, so you can view the the country's Netflix. And unbeknownst to a lot of people, is that Netflix USA has an entirely different catalog of stuff as opposed to the UK. Australia's the same. Jap Japan, the same. You can get all the anime on um, Netflix Japan. And um, basically, now, John, have you have you used your own subscription to watch Lucha Underground yet? I haven't, I haven't, I need to get on it. Um, but ExpressVPN has, is going to let you access 90 countries' uh, Netflix, so it's great to get involved in it. Um, like I say, we've been, you guys have used it. Alex, I know you're a big fan of Japanese anime, and you've you've kind of used it for that. Um, but you can use what whatever you want and cha- change your location to whatever country you want to watch. Uh, the best part is it's not just Netflix, you can use it. You can use ExpressVPN to unlock shows on our streaming, streaming services too. In fact, you can use it to unlock Peacock as well. And obviously, we all know what's when it's going there, the WWE Network. Uh, and you can also get a cheap subscription to Premiership and watch all the English Premiership games if you sign up for Peacock as well. So that's the kind of stuff you can use ExpressVPN. VPN, um, or if you're say if you're in Australia or America, um, you can use it to to get access to the BBC iPlayer. So it's really really good. It's super fast. Works on your phone, laptop, smart TV. You can basically watch shows on the big screen with zero buffering. So get sorted out with ExpressVPN. 
and you can get your money's worth now. And we've got a deal here at expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling. That's expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling. And we're going to get you three extra months free if you sign up for a year. So forget about any other links. Um, if you want to get three months for free, get involved at expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling express e-x-p-r-e-s-s-v-p-n.com forward slash wrestling right so we're about two hours into record well probably about an hour and a half into recording now we've realized we're going well over time today so fancy booking island we promised it at the start of the show we're going to do it next week which means basically for me and gary uh, alex has obviously got a fully briefed written explanation but basically means buys me and gary a bit more time to book yokozuna in the attitude era and it will still be last minute and it will still be a laugh, <laughs> probably. So Fancy Booking Island back next week. But we've got something even better for you this week. We've got Gary speaking to the Bushwhackers. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Inside the Ropes. My name is Gary Cassidy. And today I'm joined by two legends of the wrestling business, two WWE Hall of Famers, Butch and Luke, the Bushwhackers. How's it going today, guys? Wow, It's bloody great to talk to you, Gary. Inside, inside the Ropes, is that is it? The show? As indeed, Inside the Ropes, yeah. Yeah, it's great to be on Inside the Ropes and to speaking to all your fans out there. We love you guys. Whoa! Yay! G'day, mateys! Bushwhacker Butch and my cousin Luke. Here we are together. Good to see you. To see you is good. Yay! I think for me, you know, growing up watching you guys, I could hit the end call button right now and end this interview and be completely happy. But for the purposes of the people that are going to be watching the video and reading the article, I think I've got a few questions that I do have to ask you. We put out a story recently because I saw that you guys are returning to wrestling this year. I need to ask, that took me completely by surprise. Are you going to be wrestling a match? What are you going to be doing? And, and where did the decision come from? Well, um, right. we're going to be back on tour. And that this year, 221, 222. And that Butch will be on the outside of the ring. And I'll be on the inside of the ring for people. But we'll be doing a lot of, um, a lot of events, signings, um, virtual signings, whatever they want. The Bushwhackers will be there to do it. And if we have to kick some ass, I'll be doing the ass kicking and Butch will be doing the head licking. Oh, not while the virus, not while the virus is on. <laughs> and, and, and Gary, the good thing about it is for the first time ever, we're coming back as the Bushwhackers and the Sheepherders and the Kiwis and the Lost Stories all in one. You get the whole bloody package. You get a wow. You get a yay. You get everything you want. You get a licking. You get a hiding. You see blood and guts. It's going to be one hell of a time and an enormous amount of fun and bloody games because we are healed. They've let us out of the sharing shed. They've opened up the bloody doors. Never have they seen the bushwhackers and the sheep herders in the ring together as one. Can you believe that, Gary? 
Everybody's definitely going to get value for their money because you get two for the price of one now. Absolutely amazing. So that actually leads me on. I've got a couple of questions about, you know, you guys becoming the, the bushwhackers, if that's okay. The thing for me growing up watching you, the one thing that I always remember is the iconic march to the ring. That walk, how did that come about? How did you guys end up with that, that walk to the ring? Well, when we, when we were in, when we were our heels, the sheep herders, when we went out the ring and that, we always threw our arms up and screamed at the fans. Wow, you know, a yay as heels to try and scare them and that. And we swung our arms around. So when we became the bushwhackers, Butch said to me, how about going to, our, to the ring, swinging our arms in the marching thing? And I bitched, I bitched, I said, my shoulders are screwed up, F-U-C-K-E-D. <laughs> and he says, do you want to make money? <laughs> do you want to make money? So hence, we became, as Jesse Ventura used to say, you know, the, the governor of Minnesota, we become the marching morons. <laughs> and that's it. I took him, Gary. I took him out of the paddocks. And I got him after those bloody sheep. And he started to march because they were quite fast running. And he was running after those woolly girls. And I'll tell you what, those arms were swinging pretty bloody smartly because I was always beating him to the best looking one. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. I need to ask, uh, you guys mentioned the sheep herders and it was something that, you know, I wasn't, incredibly familiar with until I looked back because I remember the bushwhackers. Was it always a case that you would be the bushwhackers or, or you know, when you were in WWF? Or was there ever talk of, let's just keep these guys as the sheep herders? What was the decision of, of becoming the bushwhackers? It wasn't our decision, mate. <laughs> it, it, it was Caesar's. Vince, Vince's. Yeah. <laughs> he wanted... He wanted to promote us, sell merchandise, and he wanted to own the name. So um, that's how that name came. And that's right, right, right Cousin Butch? Yeah, right, Cousin Luke. And now they're not too sure when they're going to see the sheep herders or the bushwhackers or the sheep whackers or the bush herders. Who knows? What's going to be coming through the dressing room door out into the arenas? Now they get four teams for the price of one. That's even better. <laughs> so, uh, exactly. <laughs> so, that, yeah. that, that New Zealand flag will be flying again, mate. Most definitely. Um, that's... Yeah. We, we, we're having us. This will be our second or third run to conquer the countries we go to. Third time lucky, and you'll definitely have taken over for them them for good like when you come back this time. Mount, just like the, that Kiwi went up on the top of Mount Everest, Mount Everest, and planted the flag in the fifties, nineteen fifties. Yeah, definitely. So you mentioned uh, there a name. You mentioned Caesar Hillary. or Vince. Yeah, <laughs> like Edmund Hillary. Yeah. You mentioned a name there. You mentioned Caesar or Vince McMahon. One of my favourite things is, you know, I always ask current talent, but finding out people that knew Vince McMahon many years ago, what the relationship was like with Vince McMahon. 
what did you guys, what, what was your relationship like with him? Because obviously you got welcomed back to the Hall of Fame and you've been back a few times. Uh, what's your relationship like with Vince? We had a good mate. We had a fantastic, yeah. We had a fantastic relationship with him. We, when we went up there and he said, guys, I would like to maybe turn you good guys and blah, blah, blah. And I got up on his table right in front of him. I'd never met him before. My face was about two inches from his face. I was on his desk on my hands and knees. And I said, Vince, if you want to make faces which are good guys with faces like this, you go right ahead. And he and, said, and Luke will tell you what he said. And, and Vince turned around and he says, look at my top baby faces, Hulk Hogan. Randy Savage, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Have they got pretty mugs? <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to try and um, ask who would win a, a good-looking contest, a beauty contest between you guys and uh, Hulk Hogan. Let's not go down, <laughs> go down that route because I know that you guys will say yourselves. Uh, but that's oh, interesting. Win, that you... win, win, hands down. <laughs> win, win, hands that's, um, that, you know, you mentioned that he essentially wanted to turn you guys' face. My only recollection of the Bushwhackers is you guys being face and being, you know, these lovable, larger-than-life personalities. Uh, was it ever a consideration, like, to end up, you know, turning heel again to, to prolong the Bushwhackers? That's what was normally done. And Luke even suggested that to him because normally you would come into a territory and uh, you would come in like we were really, uh, we were, you know, one of the roughest, well, possibly were the roughest, toughest tag team in the wrestling business at that time. And normally you would come in and then you would do a change in a match and, uh, you know, you'd change from one to the other or after you'd been wrestling for a few years, then you'd do a split with your partner. But Luke and I, we never, ever did a split in all our uh, wrestling history except in the very first six months of us being in the business. And that was mainly Luke wrestling with me so we could save the night because the other guys were a piece of shit. So we were, supposed to, we were supposed to wrestle them and they were so bad that Luke and I split each other up. So one of us were on one side and one of us was on the other. And that way we had a hell of a match. But that's the only way. And even Vince never wanted to split us. He said, with you guys, the people love you guys so much. And he, he used to say this, Nelly, every time he saw us, he said, I can't believe how much the public loves you guys. We cannot split you up. And at the end of our run, near the end of the run, I actually said to him, turn his heels. And to turn his heels, this was, this was in about 1996. Because yep. we, we finished in the end of 96, 90, started 97. That's when we had our last run with him. And um, he says, no, the people wouldn't accept his heels. Yeah, well, that's. Um, I was going to say that 1996. Is I looked back and I'm going, man, I can't believe that was when you guys, you know, left WWF or had your last run. The thing that I remember after that was you guys being in ECW as um, a couple of members of the extended Dudley family. 
uh, which was, you know, a, a little bit insane. I, I remember when I looked back and went, no, that couldn't have been. And then it added up in my mind, wait, that was the Bushwhackers. <laughs> That's insane. Was there ever a consideration for you guys to go to WCW like a lot of people did? Or how did the ECW thing come about? Yes, they booked us. We were working independently after WWE and um, we like Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Paul, Paul Dangerously, or what's his last name? Paul Heyman, he yeah. booked us for a weekend, right? Three shows as, as the Dudleys from down under. Yeah. <laughs> from down under. And um, we worked, and I, I did the program where they were looking for was us to work against Sandman and, and um, his partner. I don't know who it was. I, I don't know who the Sandman is partner because they wanted some blood and gut matches. Anyhow, and we were coming in as the Dudleys. What happened though, he said, after we worked that weekend, he said, I'd like to start you. And I told him, I said to him, well, we've got a bookings for a month. We were booked up, you know, for six months ahead, but, the, the, the months right after that, within, you know, the next week, the next week, the next week, I didn't want to cancel because we were on the marquees for these independent promoters. And if we pulled our names, we'd kill their bloody, um, you know, they couldn't, in the last, with, with a month or two weeks to go, they couldn't hire talent for yeah. that spot. So I, you know, and they were good to us, these independent promoters. So I told Paul that it would be a month before we could start. And that, and of course, you know, I sent a message to him, and of course, he wanted us there and then. He says, "You don't come. You don't want to come now. I, you know, I don't want you." Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, uh, well, that you know, that was one of the the last memories that I had of you guys, but it wasn't the last one. Um, my last memory, apart from you know the Hall of Fame, which was kind of recently, um, was actually the gimmick. Battle Royal that you guys were in oh, at yeah. 17. <laughs> you know, that you know, amazing anyway for anyone that grew up watching wrestling. It just was nostalgia. But what are you guys' memories of that? Oh, that was uh, Yeah. Well, that was believe it or not, we were so worn out when we got there, Gary. We we had been uh, wrestling independence up in uh, California uh, the night before. So, and most of the guys for that battle royal had come in two or three days beforehand because all of Vince's pay-per-views, he would take you in three or four days beforehand. But Luke had made this booking for us well in advance of what we had got the booking for the Royal Rumble. So uh, being the guys we are, we didn't want to let the promoter down in California. So we did that show then we had to, they raced us back to the airport. We got on a red eye, which is, goes all through the night. And we arrived, I think that was in Texas, if I can Houston, Houston, Texas. We went yeah, into Houston, Dallas Texas. and Dallas to Houston. Yeah. That's right. And then, uh, so we flew all night. And then, and they picked us up straight away from the airport, took us to the hotel, gave us a, a half an hour to have a shower. And we were, but, uh, taken in the limo straight to the event and that was it and so we were we were really dragging and then when Vince said I want you guys to go out first and together to get the crowd popping uh, that's what we did 
And boy, when we marched out there and those the music played and uh, the people were going apeshit, Gary. And we came to life. Yeah. <laughs> then and all the tiredness goes out the window, yeah. <laughs> hey, Gary, from being naked, naked, they use it in... They use that word over in Scotland when you're knackered. Knackered is exactly the word that's the perfect we word to knackered. use for that. Yeah. We, were, we were knackered, but once we hurt those people, but it was like electri electricity going into our bodies. Just exactly. Pure adrenaline. Well, that's, I want to finish up with three short questions. Um, you know, quick fire kind of stuff, if that's okay. My most memorable things, you know, from being a kid was seeing you guys against the Natural Disasters was one of them. And the other one was, of course, the big Wembley um, pay-per-view because, you know, over on this side. What was your guys' yes. most memorable moment in wrestling? That's it, mate. The, yeah. That last show for the big, the old Wembley Stadium. You know, we were tagged up with, oh, Yep. <laughs> Jim Duggan, Axel Jim Duggan, who's been a good friend of ours because we knew him way back. We knew him back in the early 80s when he first started. So he's with us against the, um, the, um, Nasty the boys. boys and Rujo. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah the, 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 and, and uh, mate, when you walk out with 94,600 people just looking down at you, and that, and we were we opened the show, so all those people have been sitting there for an hour. Tell them, boy, Gary. They, 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 the, the reason why, of course, Vince put us on there is because he knew he was going to get the pop of the night. And so, <laughs> definitely. When, when, when he announced, you know, uh, from New Zealand, blah blah blah, uh, Luke and Butch, the Bushwhackers, and we marched out, and then dug in behind us. With it, we were pumping the arms. Duggan had the flag, the four, the two, and away we went. So we and went the, for the foot. And Duggan yeah. had the foot. And Duggan had the cross eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, he had the cross eyes. He was a lovely guy. We loved you, Jim Duggan. But anyway, we got in the ring and we'd all marched to one side, and Duggan was marching just like us. And one of us would go, whoa! And the other one of us would go, yay! And Duggan would go, ho! Well, we did that for about bloody five minutes. We could have been doing it for an hour, and the people still would have been popping. And, uh, but we had to get on with the match. But what a great time we had. Jeez, it was good. The noise, the noise, Gary, was unbelievable. That loudest wrestling crowd. I've ever heard, mind you, it's the biggest wrestling crowd that uh, we've ever been in front of live. And don't forget at Wembley Stadium, not only did they pack all the stands and that, but they had the whole grass with um, ringside uh, seats, you know, which held thousands again. So it was a record, it was a record crowd for Wembley. Not only was it a record crowd, that particular night, they sold more merchandise than anyone has ever done in the Wembley Stadium. And they sold double the merchandise that Madonna or um, what's that uh, guy? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson did together. That's absolutely incredible. Now, Gary. Incredible Gary. night. 
Incredible. I just got to say another one for me and Butch. I'm going to cut it short. Another. This is in the 80s, mate, in a battle royal in MSG, the mecca for sports and entertainment, Madison Square Garden. We're in a oh, battle yeah. royal there in the 80s. And, that, and the last person out is Hulk Hogan. Yeah. When he came out to that ring, Butch could put his mouth in my ear and talk to me and tell me something. I couldn't hear him. The bloody hairs on my arm in that fucking arena then, that's when Hulkamania was running wild. You know, WrestleMania was wild, everything in the 80s. And that was the second highlight of, of my life, and I think of Butchers too, in that yeah, room at that time. Yeah, yeah Absolutely amazing. I've got two, two final questions, very, very quick ones. Of course, there's a lot of legendary tag teams around just now, or, or people making their legacy. You know, FTR, the Young Bucks, and all that. Who are you looking forward to, to facing, Luke, or, or Butch? Who are you looking forward to watching, Luke, face in the ring? Who's the, who's the one talent you'd like to wrestle before you hang up the boots? Oh, it doesn't matter. I'm so used to it. At the moment, on the independent circuit, there's quite a lot of ex-WWF guys out there that I worked with before. But I think the one that we could blow it away with is Honky Tonk Man. Oh, man, yes. <laughs> Gary, you got to remember, mate, over the years, Luke and I have wrestled in over 65 different countries around the world. We've held over 40 tag team titles uh, between us. We're both had each over 14,000 wrestling matches each. Believe me, you put them in the ring, we'll wrestle them. I don't give a shit who they are, how big they are. You put us in there as the sheep herders, the bushwhackers, the lost stories, the Kiwis, it doesn't bloody matter. We'll just rip them apart like we've done all our lives. And if that doesn't work, Gary, we'll lick the buggers to death. <laughs> that <laughs> leads Gary, on perfectly, Tim. And on top of that, Gary, the names we work with, the, the Rock's grandfather. We worked, we both worked with him in Australia and New Zealand, and Butch worked with him on, on the 10th anniversary in Samoa. And here's another one. Killer Kowalski, who sold out Madison Square Gardens in the 60s and 70s. We've wrestled him. And another one, Stu Hart, Bret Hart's father. We Dynamite right. Kids, Butch and me, against uh, Stu Hart, Bret Hart, and Bruce Hart. Yes. With the, with the Dynamite Kids. Don't forget, Gary, we also, not only Peter Marbella, who's The Rock's grandfather, but we also wrestled against The Rock's father many, many times. All right, in Australia, New Zealand, America, The Rock's father, Rocky, God bless him. Yeah, we work with him everywhere. Absolutely amazing. I've got one final question I want to ask you guys because you brought it up there that if you can't beat them, you'll lick them. I want to know... What has been the best or the worst experience of licking a wrestler? Who was the worst or the best one that you've, uh, that you've had and why? You better ask Butch about that. <laughs> my, 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 one of the worst people that I ever licked was we were on the, uh, 
we're on a sitcom. We were doing a sitcom. We did quite a lot of sitcoms. Yep. And this was called Family Matters. Yep. I don't know if you had it over in Scotland. I have seen you guys in that episode, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, when we were marching to the ring, they had this woman who was to get up and greet us and, you know, and, and, and be really excited. And I was grabbing her and I gave her this bloody lick. She had so much makeup and goo on, I didn't notice it. As soon as I licked her, my throat started closing up. And this was a rehearsal uh, before the live audience was let in. So now we had to carry on and I, I, I did the rest of that show and I couldn't even swallow my own spit, leave alone anything else. So silly me, now the next day comes the rehearsal it's gone. <laughs> so now they let in the live audience. The live audience comes in. Now we're ready for the final taping. Cameras are all set, everything. Music goes. Out we walk. Up jumps this bloody Sheila. I get carried away again. Don't even think. I grab her and I give her <laughs> the biggest bloody licking she's ever had on her face feathers. Then... <laughs> God it wasn't sake. down under. It wasn't down <laughs> under, mate. It was not down under. And then, for God's sake, my throat closed up. The whole thing happened again. And I thought, you stupid bloody bugger. But anyway, yeah, this girl, it was a lot this... of fun. But what they, the makeup that they must have stuck on that woman's face to, to have her right for the cameras, obviously didn't suit my particular uh, throat. <laughs> she was, she, uh, Gary, she was specially put there. She was a, for, a former American gladiator. Jeez, oh. Yeah, she, awesome. nice, she, was muscle, she was pretty muscled up and she jumped up all excited and that, and Butch grabbed her. She was like this pounding, you know what I mean? And Butch grabbed her and gave her the... <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely incredible well I honestly can't wait to see what you guys do on the independence in any company you end up wherever you end up I'll be watching and people can stick with inside the ropes have you got any dates set so far or anything that you guys want people to check no, out we just, so they... we just we just lots of people there and, um, people that watch or are they members of inside the rope the, the Scottish people, all the UK. And we're Not, looking forward to coming to late. Glasgow and to um, other parts of Scotland. We'll even go out in the field and graze some grass like the sheep. <laughs> I've got to keep a leash. I'll have to keep a leash on Butch, though, because I know Scotland's like New Zealand. It's green and there's plenty of sheep. And haggis. And you've got some good-looking girls there, too. <laughs> Woolly one, <laughs> most definitely I can't think of a better way to end it so if uh, if what anyone wants to do to check out the Bushwhackers because I know I'm going to be watching the Bushwhackers the Sheep Herders whatever you guys decide to come out to the ring as I'll be watching and of course mate keep, keep a watch on our Instagram Instagram pages our Facebook pages uh, Butch Bushwhacker or Bushwhacker Luke and Butch Bushwhacker Butch and um, Instagram and Twitter, just keep watching and you'll see when the Bushwhackers come to your country. Thank you guys mate. so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. We won't be oh. flying in, mate. We'll be marching in. Beware. <laughs>
So uh, that is it for Wrestling Daft Marks. Thank you very much for listening. Remember, please rate, review and subscribe on Apple or wherever you listen to us. We'd love your support. Do you know what? I need to go and check the reviews and see what people are saying about us after we've had some slaggings for being a, slagging AEW and all that. So um, I'll go and check that out after the show. Um, member Rab and Greg are back on Friday with the headline show. All the usual stuff on that. Um, the list of wrestling data this week currently lies vacant. Now, usually I'll choose what goes on the list of wrestling data. Last week, I handed it to the boys and we had the vote of the best haircuts in wrestling versus the best arses in wrestling and it was the best arses that won it um, as we discussed the best arses in wrestling last week. Gentlemen, do you know what? I, I messaged Rab and Grado and saying, right boys, what do you want to put on this week? Um, but they haven't got back to me so I am going to leave it in your two hands to pick what goes on the list of wrestling daft this week. What do you want Rab and Grado to rank this week? Alex. First of all, you're a bold man just dropping them into it on this podcast like I know you do often. So first of all, I want the same thing I always want is I want one of our listeners to call out John on the main podcast. But secondly, I would like to hear the top gimmick matches since we've got Elimination Chamber oh, coming up. Okay, top that's, gimmick. That's a nice one, yep. That's a very good one. I would go for the, the top wrestling gimmicks. So both gimmick related. But um, the, the best characters or best gimmicks we've seen in wrestling. You know what? I think we've had both of those categories. <laughs> okay, let's let's go for something different then, right? So, right. Yeah. How about the best trio? Because I don't know. I'm I just think a best trio in wrestling. Yeah, so best you've got, trio like, your in two wrestling. Pools, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Or the shittest wrestling theme tunes. The shittest wrestling theme tunes versus. Oh, the that's going to win, definitely. That's what we need to go for. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Just I like that. Absolutely. Um, I think that will only be one winner on there, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, you can vote on what you want to see in the list of wrestling daft. Uh, Alex or Gary's uh, choice. Do that at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Uh, before we go, guys, I think we just uh, let's run down quickly as we normally do ahead of a pay per view. And I can't fucking believe it just seems like the Royal Rumble was last week, which it just about was and we're on to elimination chamber this weekend i cannot believe it um, and there was takeover in between and takeover and then the week after there is revolution i know it's just a mad yeah. time for pay-per-views so good to be this for the next couple of weeks uh, let's just run through the, the card um now interestingly obviously we, we heard uh on the raw that uh lacy's pregnant so Asuka versus Lacey Evans was planned. Gary, what was what's going to be the outcome? What's going to be the place of match? Has anything been announced yet? Great question. Um, the, the easy option, the plug-in option would probably be either, I guess, Asuka versus Charlotte, or if they want to go, you know, very predictable, uh, Asuka versus Peyton Royce. The one I'd like to see, Chuck Rhea Ripley in there and have her win the title. That's exactly just what the, I was going to say. That would be fantastic. Just come out of nowhere, go through Destroyer and be like, hey, hello, welcome. The, the only way I don't want that is if we can get Charlotte winning the, the title and then Rhea winning it at WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Uh, that would be the good. But again, I don't know. You know, I'm going to go Seth Rollins here and go, wrestling fans don't have the patience to to wait on that. If they see Charlotte winning the title on Sunday, they're going to just be raging and they'll actually take that into account. Yeah. Uh, but I, I've, I've not heard anything, but that would be the... The three suggestions for me, like most obvious to least obvious, obviously, um, but that would be the the three I would think would yeah. be. Um, shout. Uh, United States Championship three way: Bobby Lashley versus Keith Lee versus Riddle. What do we do? We see this going. 
may not be a three-way anymore. Um, apparently, I think Dave Meltzer said earlier that Keith Lee, he didn't specify the issues, but Keith Lee was not on Raw last night and might not be part of the match. And obviously the match has been built around Riddle Lashley. I think Riddle's going to win. Uh, I think Riddle's going to take his belt. Aye, I think Riddle's yeah, going to win. Why not? I mean, what's Bobby really done with the belt? I mean, he looks good with it. Don't get me wrong, but Bobby's been and, looking. Bobby's been looking great recently. I and they've also they've had him. Well, that's why I think I think they've had him tear through riddles so much in the past few weeks that <laughs> you know <laughs> it's that good old thing where you know set us up for the unexpected when we are actually going to expect it. Yeah. Um, so I see match might get added to the card as well. I'm guessing potentially. I pro- probably either Sami Zayn or Apollo or both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. I think that might end up added or you know SmackDown Women's Championship match or something like that. Oh, it's a very yeah. Well, Sami Sami's in the Elimination Chamber, so yeah. Oh, the chambers they'll generally just stick to that. They'll maybe just stretch those matches out. Yeah, I mean, uh, and if you think uh, if they might do like a short or like a three hour uh, or just you know post three hour pay per view, having two elimination chamber ma- at least two elimination chamber matches in there, <laughs> well, <laughs> that might yell I, I mean, there's, there's no women's. I mean, surprisingly, no women's elimination chamber match um, this nah, year. Nothing um, yet. Um, again, they might add it. You know, it's that annoying thing about them having SmackDown on the Fridays. They could add a massive match. With no belt, <laughs> so, you wouldn't think they would add an elimination chamber match. Nah, would they? They're nah, not but, after they. No, nah, but it's really bizarre that they've gone. But you know, last year we had the obviously, you know, doesn't really matter what happened last year. But last year we had the three a men's a women's and a tag, and now we've gone to just two men's. Yeah, it sounds like they just don't have the storyline for the women going forward, and maybe they just don't feel the rosters are deep enough to have. Yeah. Either brand to have. We certainly know the tag. We certainly know the tag roster isn't deep enough to do anything with that. Um, So we've got an unusual situation, obviously, off the back of uh, SmackDown, in the fact that the Universal Championship will happen on the same night as the Elimination Chamber. Uh, So Roman Reigns is going to fight. Surely it's going to happen directly after. I'm sure the exact quote from Roman is directly. After the champion, I so I reckon the cage is going to go up and Roman's going to walk out. That has surely, to be how it goes. Surely they're going to do the the SmackDown Elimination Chamber at the start of the night and then have that as the main event. Is that not going to be the case? Do you think? That's what I thought, but the the wording of Roman Reigns suggested that was not the case. <laughs> and, and 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 you know what I mean, like with Paul Heyman and like after Paul Heyman's spoiler line, they, he likes to be very literal, doesn't he? Yeah. So it it sounds to me like it's going to be a chamber up Roman walks down to the ring. Right, okay, so let's let's look at the runners and right. I think there's only one winner for he, here for me. It'll be so we've got Corbin versus Kevin Owens versus Cesaro versus Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn versus Jay Uso in the Elimination Chamber. Who's winning? Oh, it's got to be Baron Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> Does, I reckon they'll just have someone really random win because it's it's almost a pointless elimination chamber because like Aye. Roman's going to come out and win beat, beat beat them in like a minute anyway. So I'm I'm actually thinking like I know Kevin Owens is the obvious one, but I'm thinking yeah, do, do we go back then the Uso route <laughs> and, and do that and uh, I don't know. I'm, uh... Or even if they could do that and have us all just lie in for reigns. Or, yeah. or 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 here's one for you. Why not let Cesaro win it? Why not? You would, you would need to turn them face during the match, which they could do. But uh, I mean, like, they had that. I mean, it's kind of going that way with the Daniel Bryan, you know, kind of acknowledgement and all that kind of thing. Aye. So why not? Why not 
let Cesaro win it and give him a title match. Give him a world well, title. Actually, Daniel Bryan's in the match, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. I think they might have Daniel Bryan win it and try and make us think they're going to replicate that, you know, winning two matches in the same night out of an underdog and then have Roman squash him. <laughs> yeah, I reckon, I I reckon that's that. what it'll be. It'll be just a huge Roman get Roman over moment. Like, yeah, I'm totally okay with it. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm going to go for an outside bet on Cesaro to win it. Actually, and them um, to give to give uh, Cesaro a shot at the title, so they can always say, "Oh, we gave him a title shot," you know, at least, and uh, maybe you know it puts him over a bit. And yeah, we'll wait. I mean, see does, it, does the title shot immediately put you over? Do you remember that time Ricochet had a match with Brock Lesnar? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. It wasn't that that's fucking true. long ago? That's true. Um, oh, but that led to survive. Well, that led to um, the Aye, br- one, um so. Drew McIntyre winning. So, uh, aye. um, let's look at the WWE. It's a very loose connection, but I'm gonna let you off. Okay, and let's look. Uh, talking of Drew, um, he's up against Randy Orton, AJ Styles, Jeff Hardy, Sheamus, and Kofi Kingston. Is Drew going to drop here? I, I got a f- Funny feeling he'll drop here and pick back up at WrestleMania. Yes, that's my thought as well. I think I think Sheamus might sneak the win, even though you know winning on Raw normally means losing at the pay per view. Uh, but I think they might have Sheamus take the win, and then I think we'll get the cashing. I think we'll get. Oh, aye, that's a good shout. I think we'll get. The, I think because obviously Miz is taking himself out of the match. There yeah. is going to be some sort of cashing. I'm thinking it might even be a failed cashing. I mean, they could. You could just try and like copy what Roman does, and like, so you could have Roman do it at the start of the night and walk out and crush whoever he's got, and then have Miz come out and try and do the same and yep. fail miserably. It would be quite a nice little way to bookend the show, I think, actually. Yeah, I. It's. It, I, I think the Miz will be. I think because I'm just thinking in terms of the calendar that Money in the Bank is not far away, and he needs to. He needs to cash it in, and I can't see you know Miz doing a WrestleMania cashing or anything like that. So he could yeah. do a Money in the Bank cashing because surely his cashing would count up until the Money in the Bank. Yeah, it lasts until Money in the Bank. Yeah. So I'm not sure if you can do it at the event, but definitely lasts up until at least the event. Yeah, yeah, and um, I think the fiend might be involved as well with some sort of dragons with Randy Orton. Ah, got to be. Aye. it's uh, either he's going to appear in the chamber with Randy Orton, or Randy Orton's going to not be in the. I think they're going to have the fiend in the chamber. That's definitely going to be the way to go, uh-huh. uh, and just have him wipe out Randy Orton, and then we lead to that gimmick match at WrestleMania. Just really, super, they might even save that for Fastlane though, if they've got a lot going uh-huh. on because they pushed. Like, I think we were all expecting to see Fiend at the Rumble, and we're all legitimately quite surprised they didn't yeah. show up. So, I mean, is this the right event to do the Randy Orton thing? Can you wait until Fastlane so Fastlane's at least got a little bit more of a surprise to it? I think the only reason I think they're going to do it is because they have that full thing out. Oh, nobody can get in or out of the chamber. Ah, so in the chamber. Sean Michaels did it, guys. Sean Michaels did it. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I'm... I th- I'm I'm quite looking for, I quite like Elimination Chamber. I'll be honest with you. I'm a bit of a I'm a bit of a a sucker for a good you know. I just wish they kept it as no way out. I mean no way out sounds like a t- fucking pay-per-view would have a chamber match in it. It's just in Germany it's called no escape still to this day. <sighs> See, even that's so much better. Yeah. Uh, but I, 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 that's what it says in the tin. I mean, I, I I like I like the Elimination Chamber, I like it as a concept, I like it as a match. So yeah. Good pay per view. Looking forward to it. Uh, you know, Money in the Bank as well. Like that as a pay per view. Oh, like... Money in the Bank's a top four pay per view. I don't care what anybody else says. Yeah. That should be one of the big four. 
Exactly. You know, I like a group. Don't just say they've got a big five now. Like, nah, just a big you... 12. Just that every paper of your counts. <laughs> no, because Fastlane's fucking doesn't count. Nah. Peacock <laughs> launch, mate. Fastlane's going to be huge. <laughs> this is going to be the biggest Fastlane in history. Scott Glesner returns at Fastlane. <laughs> I wouldn't I would be surprised. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's Elimination Chamber. Sure, Rab and Gray will be talking about more. No, in fact, I've seen they'll be talking about all the fuck we talking about. They'll be talking about Grado's having IBS and taking shites. Uh, so, yeah, listen to Rab and Grado on the headline show. Uh, we've been the marks. Um, if you want more content from us, dead easy. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. You'll also get merch and t-shirts and stuff. We've not mentioned that today. Oh, bad news. Our spooky club design done by Kel Customs got rejected due on copyright uh, grounds. So um, he's away working on one just now, which... I'm you, Spreadshirt! I know, uh, but he's working on one just now, which is just doing it now and again when he gets it, but it sounds like it's going to be special based on Spooky Club. Um, so we'll hopefully have that for you in the next week or so. But uh, in the meantime, check out our range of merch at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Um, if you are watching the, the video version, you'll have just seen Alex uh, put his... La- lift his cat like Simba from the Lion King that's a good reason to get on to the Patreon and see the video version of this show boys, um, Gary, let's come to you first, what exciting wrestling stuff are you doing this week, are you interviewing any other former world champions no, not former world champions but a big name nonetheless oh. uh, we'll, we'll mention that next week Ooh, I think it's another um, mysterious interview from aye, oh, this we'll mention exciting. that next week this is exciting. It's all happening. It's all happening. So we'll find out who he was interviewing next week. What a tease to listen in to next week's show. I've also got, I can give you one name. I've got ODB tomorrow for Impact, but uh, but also a former WWE name, um, yeah. which is a big one. So. Yeah. ODB just got uh, ODB's short, good. Right? <laughs> I've just buried ODB. Yep, ODB's just been buried. <laughs> I'm um, Alex, what's happening in your world? Happy 50th episode, everyone. Oh, nice. Wow, we hit 50. Who knew? Who knew people would still be listening to us talk shite 50 episodes on? Well, there's a reason you don't don't actually tell us how many people listen to the show. So for all me and Gary. Hundreds of thousands, Alex. Hundreds of thousands across the world. Um, But yes, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for staying with us for 50 episodes. That's really appreciated. And thank you very much for listening to Wrestling Daft. As ever. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, keep marking out. Audio Frontier. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.